Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Bad Mums, directed by John Lucas and Scott Moore and released in 2016. The plot goes something like this. An overworked and underappreciated mum reaches breaking point and tries to do something about it with the help of some new friends. Yeah, um, it was interesting. I was watching this movie and I was struck by the similarities to um, Mean Girls, as you know. Particularly in the makeup of the like mean mums was exactly like Mean Girls. You've got Christina Applegate as Regina and you've got Jada Pinkett Smith as Gretchen and then um, Vicky, I don't remember the actress's name, Annie Mumolo. Annie Mumolo as um, Karen, right? That's, yep. that's, that's exactly the same breakdown. And there's a bit right at the end where literally Christina Applegate says, get in bitches um, yep. to her car and you're like, we both said we're going shopping. Um, and, Which uh, was okay in this screening because everyone was talking through the screening. Yes. Um, and But the thing is, I think what I noticed about this is that if you break it down on the level of Mean Girls, it's not the humor's not as sharp. And I think the breakdown of it at the end is not as insightful. The breakdown of what the problem is that's causing this. I think the biggest issue that I had with this movie was that it really, really oversimplifies the problem that's at the core of this mm-hmm. this bad mum culture. I mean, the good versus yeah. bad mum culture, which is like the concept that people are imperfect and mothers are people as well. Yeah. And like, you know, sexism in our society and stuff like that. But I think really what's right at the core of it is you have to expect mothers to be human and make human mistakes and, and sometimes, you and know. And have human limitations. And have human limitations, right, exactly. And I think that ultimately the movie doesn't quite get there. It's like, we should all be bad mums. And you're like, they need to get into why that is, right? They need to actually address what the root of this problem is and why that's happening. Um, and I don't think it quite gets there. And I wonder if that's because it's written and directed by men who are not mothers. And so the message is not um, more of society is stuffed and you're all, it's you, you can't win no matter which way you go. It, the message is more on an individual level, stop judging everybody else and just chill out yourself and maybe expect a little bit more of your husband. But like it's a problem that every individual family has to solve as opposed to a societal problem. Yeah. Um, and they, their problems are all solved by the end. It's just – I just felt it like it was a little bit too oversimplified a lot. And I felt like that also, like, things like every time the mums get together, you're like, well, who's looking after the kids right now? You know, like, genuinely, who's looking after the kids? What What's going on here that they're able to do this? And I wondered that, like, constantly. I mean, Catherine Hahn, you know, it's it, they just write it out with a joke every time. But they don't actually bother to tell us with Kristen Bell. Like, no, other than that one time where she's left them with someone called Rosie. Right, and then her, but her, and her and husband's, husband's like, he's shitty at her about it. Yeah. Um, well, that was clearly an abusive relationship. Well, but- this is the other thing that's oversimplified, though, that the abusive relationship is way more obviously abusive and the, the lazy, useless, um, good-for-nothing, overgrown adolescent husband is also way too obviously lazy, useless, overgrown adolescent. Those two things are things that are problems that men have in heterosexual relationships, but they're never that clear and obvious. Well, that's but that but this whole movie was like that. I mean, the the also Mila Kunis's perfect mum was insanely ridiculously perfect. She wears high heels to work every day. Her hair is perfect. She's her skinny. makeup is perfect. She's skinny, and she's like, oh, I get to exercise once a week. I have a crappy 
um, lunch at my desk and then her crappy lunch is a salad, you know. Like, it, it's it's just really, it, the whole movie's like that. It's all really, really, really obvious where, like, she's totally perfect all the time. And her um, husband's totally useless. Whereas I think, like, the the harder one to see is the husband who's a little bit okay and which is the more realistic one, but that's a, like, it's a more complicated thing to work out. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. The, I mean, the movie does, like, yeah, it, it operates on tropes and, like, caricatures and all that sort of stuff, I think. But the thing is, Bad Mums, when it's it, – it also felt a little bit like Sisters to me because when it's funny, mm. it's really, really funny. Those party scenes are terrific. Everybody's cracking up. Kristen Bell is killing it in this movie. She is so adorable and hilarious in every scene. Like, every reaction is spot on. Everything she does is perfect in this movie. Catherine Hahn's really funny. The main three girls, when they're together, are terrific. It's so mm. good when they're, like, partying and having a good time. Um, Una Lawrence plays the daughter in this movie, and she's a great actress. She was in um, – South the one Paul. that's not Creed, thank you. Southpaw, the Jake Gyllenhaal one. Um, and she was good in that too, and she's really good in this. And and it was interesting to see that kind of overachiever daughter and how well, do you yeah, cope and, with that. But also that's how, you know, she's taking straight after her mother. Right. That's what she's seeing modelled is that, that overachieving mum. And the son is taking after the dad. He's seeing modelled the mm. laziness and, and letting the wife do everything yep. and the entitlement. So he lets mum do everything. And then as soon as I, – I liked the cooking thing that he taught himself to cook once she stopped cooking for him. Mm-hmm. was terrific. I mean, it wouldn't happen. Again, it's oversimplica- oversimplification. Right. But it was fun and cute. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother genuinely did teach himself to cook because he – um, he didn't like my father's cooking, <laughs> right? But not, not he didn't like my mother's cooking much either. Yeah, he probably didn't do it in yeah. what I'm no, assuming no, is like he a didn't week. Learn how to make frittatas when he was ten. But yeah, um, but that was actually interesting too because it's not just him who's not making his own breakfast. It is a twelve-year-old girl who is not making her own breakfast even. I'm, I'm, I mean, twelve and ten-year-olds not making their own breakfast. I do kidding? before school care. I work in before school care, and I get the kids to make their own. The five-year-olds. Like they can't, we put the toast in the toaster for it, but they have to then do everything from then on. They have to get the spread that they want and put it on themselves and get their own knives and all do all right. that stuff. And these are five-year-olds. Well, right. This is what I do with the five-year-olds. You know, these aren't 12-year-olds. Uh-huh. By the time they're 12, I am fully expecting them but to the, do all of it themselves. Yeah, right. And also help the younger siblings skill up. But again, it's like that's that exaggeration of she's let it go 12 years without these kids learning anything. But it also kind of takes away from the movie because this movie will attract a lot of actual mums yeah and the actual mums will be like oh well that's ne- that's never going to happen to us at least my husband does blah and blah and blah or, you know at least he does the laundry or at least my eight-year-old can make his own breakfast kind of thing so there, there will be that element with women and mothers going to watch it where they get taken out of it because they think of those things and they're like i do all that stuff too but i, I never dress that well or i never put on heels or makeup or i'm, I'm never going to be that skinny that stuff, kind of thing that stuff really like you and she's like oh i'm terrible at everything else and i'm like you're clearly not terrible at everything else you are clearly making quite a bit of money at this job that you are working. The, the job was a really weird choice. Um, yeah, I feel like they were going startup. for comedy over practicality with that. I think they would have just been safer, like better off going with just a regular office job than yeah. that one. Because mm. I think they were, and with the kid from, um, what's it, the show that he was on? Greek. He was on Greek. Ah, right. Um, I, f- I feel like they were trying for, you know, she feels really old, but she's not old kind of an idea because she's mm. so young. She's my age. Yeah. And she's got a 12-year-old. Well, we um, actually, like, 
we have friends who are our age who have a 13 year old but they are they're like outliers even in our group of friends but i'm also yeah. i mean that was more of a like i can't believe that people well, my age have a 12 year old rather yeah. than a oh okay right so because it also because th- that that whole thing makes sense that they accidentally got pregnant so they got married and then she suddenly you know finds herself needing to earn all this money to pay for that fancy house and to deal with the husband who's essentially an extra child kind of thing. Well, the mums are different ages. Okay, and this is something Oh, no, she, so she is – yeah, but mums are different ages. I know, but yeah, yeah I, I appreciated that the, the three main mums were different ages as well. Yeah. But yep. this is something that bothered both of us. Kristen Bell says she has four kids. Her four kids, we see all of them, and they're all young. Baby, like toddler, twins. preschooler yeah. age. Why is she at the same school as – the middle schoolers that the other parents have. I think there's, yeah, something missing there because I think Kristen Bell, I think the stereotype they're going for with her is like the the young Mormon mother, you know, like she's also 33 or something and has like five children because, you know, she it, it must she must have a kid in middle school if she's but she going to the middle. she specifically said well, she has four kids. You no, know, clearly she has a kid in middle school. Clearly there is a fifth child. She's just forgotten about them. <laughs> No, I mean that's what I mean. She's, she's uh, yeah. I don't remember her saying that. And we never see her. We never see any other kids. She has four kids. We see all four of her kids frequently. And we none of them are middle school age. And none of them are middle school age. And like it seems like she's not actually part of that school, but she's moving past the school all the time. Like she oh, never goes into the school. She never right, sends kids she's, into the school. She's, she might be heading to like the daycare next door or something. Or or, or, the, I, or the primary I think, school. Yeah. I think the movie never bothered to explain that there's a primary school that's like right next to the middle school and maybe that that um Her biggest that, kid goes there. And the PTA might be for both. Oh. Which would explain a lot of things like the number of mothers and the fact that like there's these all these things that seem to not quite add up. Yeah. With the middle schoolers versus the little kids. I think there's that that the, the school might be like the middle school is where those three main, the the five of the six main mums go, and Kristen Bell passes by them. But she also has to be part of the same PTA because it's like yeah. a, a parent, like right. a PTA for all of the school. right. Okay, so yeah, because it was a bit confusing at the start because Christina Applegate and Jada Pinkett and um, Annie Momolo, who are all clearly will seem to be stay at home mums, have a go at her for being a stay at home mum. Yeah. But what I think that is is actually like it's it's like having a go at. Molly Weasley for being a stay-at-home mother, like oh she's poor and she's got too many children and she doesn't dress fashionably, kind yes, of thing. I think that's what yeah. they were going for. Um, but they, that as was opposed really to like the, the, as opposed to those guys who are like wealthy stay-at-home mothers who dress well and only have one or two children and go to thousands of meetings and get have over-involved and stuff. I think the reason that a lot of this stuff frustrated me is because this movie could be really great. And I've seen a lot of people talking about that, that it's a tonal problem and you can't go for like really bawdy humor, but also go for the sentimentality of being a mother. I think you absolutely can, but I just don't think this movie did a very good job of it because it oversimplifies everything too much. Yeah. I think if it had do- managed to do that, because I think the aim... Also, I the should... humor's not that bawdy, to be honest. No, not but really, anyway. even a little. Um, It's a little bit. I mean, Catherine Hahn does talk about dicks a lot. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like exceedingly like it's not it's not like there's nothing comparing this to hangover i'm like this is nothing like that there's nothing gross out or anything like that in there well there's one scene of someone peeing but it's not it's not even graphic that's but but i think if it had done that effectively if it had really gone for a broader comedy and gone a bit harder i think it might have humanized the mums a bit more because it's not very accessible i think to a non-mum audience because they there's a bit towards the end where they're 
like everything's apparently gone to shit and all her children and husband have left and she's really upset about it. And I had trouble relating to that because I'm like, your husband is awful. Your children are ungrateful. Your Even your dog, you know, <laughs> it shits everywhere and is a giant pain in the neck. Aren't you pleased to be away from them for a bit? So clearly, like, maybe because I'm not a mother, I don't get that. But also, I got it. I'm not a mom. Like, I'm, but I'm also like, I just, I get wanting a break from people. Like, yeah. And it didn't, no, I it didn't did really well explain. But, the but that wasn't a break from people. That was everybody left her because, and then there was also this thing where they, they were like, you're so selfish. Her daughter says, to oh, her, you're so selfish. God. And I, 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 I think that that was supposed to be the, you know, the daughter seeing things too simplistically. But I think the movie, because it oversimplifies things so much, it like, you're like, well, this woman's currently going through a split with her husband. She's been fine. Like she's having a hard time at work, uh, that she's under so much pressure. But they never try and do something where they, they're like, oh, somebody says to her, you're under too much pressure. Let's like, you know, take care of you for a little while. You can't take care of other people until you've taken care of yourself. I think the movie's trying to like show us these things, mm. but it never actually goes into why all of these things are happening and how to actually like the, the sort of, they fix it all by her winning the PTA election. Mm. And you're like, there's all these kind of ideas in there that aren't fully. Um, developed. There's no point at which the daughter. We see the daughter learn why either. There's we see the kids in the end. No, they do. The son has learned to cook, and they've learned to get their own breakfast and whatnot. But there's no point at which we see the daughter actually recognize it herself. That no, she just says, "Oh, it's fine. We get it." Yeah, now. but uh, but it seems no, like it was because the break from mum was good. Yeah, for them. and uh, well, I'm thinking, yeah. Yes, I, well, that was my my thinking as well. I was like, they they will spend one night with their dad, and they will be they will come crawling back. Well, I also again, that would have been a really been... good scene to do as well. The kids have one night with him, and they're like, "Oh my god, mom, we need you!" Like that would have been an interesting. I don't know. I thought the dad might have actually kind of told them like that, that was but off screen or something just Maybe. to explain. I I think <laughs> one of the pro- things I get as well about this movie is that I don't think it understands kids at all. I don't know if these guys are dads, but they don't seem to understand children or developmental stages of children or like or the children of people with personalities and ideas and and you know the the kids were just like when it was convenient for them to show up they showed up um and it it didn't and yeah they only showed up when convenient but the husband doesn't seem to get why they're getting divorced like genuinely they have a scene where they 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 go to the therapist and they shout at each other and at the start of that scene, he doesn't seem to get why his wife is leaving him. And by the end, he's they have this actually quite a nice scene where they're like sad about the end of their marriage but also agree that it's the right thing to split. But he, I don't ever get that he gets what he did wrong. No, he doesn't. He didn't get what he did wrong. So um, that's why I'm thinking it probably couldn't have explained this to the kids off screen. Right. But, yeah, that was – I mean, it was just – I just sort of was trying to explain a reason why that might have happened. But, yeah, it's it's like – it just is a bit lazy, I think, and it's – writing and mm. it's not and and because i was thinking about mean girls i was like comparing it to that i mean but the thing is i really liked i think both the bad mean mums and the bad mum group was so good mm. and that party with all the mums which reminded me of the party and sisters was so good yeah um and when they go to the the supermarket together that yeah, was the, yeah. that was a hilarious scene um I think like they could have gone into some of these issues more. Also, I was worried for Kristen Bell when she stood up to her husband, but then it turned around. They like just literally swapped roles in the relationship. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how that wouldn't have worked. Work. No, 
I mean, it's fun to get to see, what is it, Dirk or Kent, Kent um, get his comeuppance yeah. at the end. But at the same time, you're like, okay. Um, well, I mean, the, that's it's a too easy solution to the problem. But, I mean, I'm tr- I guess they're trying to do a comedy and they're trying to make it easy. But I do have to say, I think thinking about Mean Girls, it was directed by a man as well, but it was written by someone who'd Tina been a teenage Fey. girl. <laughs> yeah, but it written by someone who'd been a teenage girl. I think if this had been written by, say, Annie Momolo, who wrote Bridesmaids, who had has been a mother, I think it would have made a difference. Mm. I f- well, I feel like That's they're saying of- all the right things, but they're not necessarily showing them in a useful way. No, and they also aren't actually addressing the issues. Um, well, no, that too. That bit at the end, that's one of the reasons why that bit at the end was so good, when it has actual mothers talking about actual things that have happened. Mm. And, like, it's true, you know, I mean, um, I've seen so many parents. I know that we talk a lot about sexism and, and this movie kind of sort of addressed sexism a little bit, but the breakdown of the parenting is is so not accurate to what I've seen. Like, it's just not. I mean, th- th- you know... There is definitely way more onus on women to be good mothers than there is on men to be good fathers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've seen a, that parent PTA meetings are not like that. Not they are that, not like ninety nine percent women and that one dude who was shocked that her husband, her, his wife, likes the nanny more than him. Um, that's yeah. just not how they are. Um, well, and I, I and think- they, they talk about being mums all the time. Like in in those things, they talk about mums, mums, mums. Like that's the mm. the buzzword of this movie. And you're like, well, they're parents. There's lots of different parents here. But also, you you see parents and they come in and they come in one day that both of the parents have forgotten that, like, one of them was supposed to pick up the kid and and they've miscommunicated or whatever and they just, they come in, they feel terrible and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And almost every family that I've ever met has done that. Yeah. Like, some and some of them come in late all the time and don't care, right? So, there's, like, there are definitely bad parents. Catherine Hahn in this movie, by the way, was a bad Yes, parent. yes, she was. Uh, as funny as she was, she was a bad parent. Um, but, yeah, there are definitely bad parents. But at the same time, like, um, most, almost every family has had at least a couple of times when they've forgotten, they've been late, they've been stuck in traffic, they've had some sort of car. Forgot that they had a second baby and drove off with only their eldest or whatever. Right. Yeah. Everybody Everybody's has done, done that. that. Yeah. I mean, everybody has done that, you know. And and I'm sure that we both have stories of when we were kids and, like, we got left somewhere. Yes. Every parent has done that because it's not – it's hard. And we – I mean, you know, p- people who aren't parents, you know, make mistakes too. It's just that when people make mistakes with a child in the mix, everybody goes, it's the end of the world. Especially it's when not it's the, end the, of the mother world. who does it. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot more leeway on dads, and dads get a lot more um, kudos just for showing up. Like, um, I, I think expectations on dads now are a lot, a lot higher than they they might have been. I think when I don't know, I don't know what era these people are basing this on, but I think most dads nowadays are more involved than any of the dads that are pictured in this movie. Like, I think it's a lot more normal for dads to be on school pickup, and dads do at least one or two activities a week and all that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, there's a few things. Like, there's definitely a higher expectation on mothers, but I think once you get a group as big as this, Mm. it's not going to work out that way. I think the problem is that when they universalize it. Yeah. But partly also because, like, men aren't a monolith and there are lots of men who really like being a parent and who really want to be involved and are very caring people. I imagine also in a school this size, there are probably some gay dads. Yeah, where there are families where there are two dads and so there are obviously involved men yeah um, the sexism in this movie kind of is is 
not very deeply well nothing well, it's, it's kind, yeah well, it's all kind of just broad brush strokes of, of things you know overachieving mums are like this slacker mums are like this stay-at-home mums are like this very broad brush and it's a very broad brush oh the pta is just like being in all girls high school and i could say that they you, you know they um focus on the comedy instead which would be fine except that there's a lot of serious scenes in this movie but it ne- but the serious scenes never take the time to address all of these well and issues. that's why i was i was trying to I, I i never really bought the um oh my kids are a nightmare but i love them anyway stuff because you never really felt that they had a, a tonal problem of trying to match the comedy with those serious scenes and the serious scenes didn't quite ever like the comedy was never quite as hard hitting as it should have been and the serious scenes also never packed quite as much punch as they should have done I think also um, we never got to meet, we never got to know the kids well enough for that to work. Well, yeah, that, uh, yeah. It like, only works. Uh, it only works with Una Lawrence because we've seen the most right. of her. But yeah, you can't be attached. Like the audience isn't going to be attached to kids they don't know and mm. kids who don't seem to have any personality beyond. Oh, I've got to do a lot of homework. Well, she was no. I thought she was. I mean, we she do was, know Jane the best. Yeah, and we can and, see where these problems are coming from in Jane. They're yeah. coming from like she's seeing the behavior modeled by her mother. She feels a lot of pressure from school to be perfect Mm -hmm. um, and she's seeing that mirrored and so she's doing that too um, and we can see like what's causing her stress Mm. Um, and the spa day idea was a great idea that wasn't selfish at all that was a very clear example of how you see why she's got these problems but you also never see the side of her that's like sweet and kind and I don't see the uh, we, you well, see we a lot did of the on the side. spa day. She well, was funny and she was like. Yeah, yeah, you do see a little, like there's that little tiny bit of it, but you don't, like it doesn't balance out all the other stuff and you don't, yeah. so you don't, I don't at least, at the end think, yes, of course, you would love that child fiercely. I'm like. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I think the you idea love- is you love your child fiercely regardless of what kind of kid they are. Right, and I get that um, because I have the world's naughtiest cat. I do understand that, but we don't, I just never sort of. I don't know. It was hard. They, it's a hard thing for anyone else to feel because it's something you feel for your own kid or whatever. Well, it was yeah, also kind of that's... something that they just explained rather than showed, really. I think they definitely needed to show the kids more. We didn't even see Catherine Hahn's kid till like the third act. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Yeah. They need to see all the people in the movie as people. Like the kids and the parents and the... Anyway. Um, but yeah. I, no. That's why I think... But that bit at the end... Um, it was so fun and real and cute, like all with the, the six, actresses and their mums. Right, so yep. the six actresses brought their mums onto the set and did interviews with their mums, and it is, it's so good. It's so good. It's so like perfect, such a perfect note for this movie to see the mums talking about hilarious, ridiculous things that happened when their kids yep. were little, but also sentimental things that were real, like how Mila Kunis moved over to America when she was seven and mm. um, and things like that. And, and Kristen Bell's mum, because that one starts out with her telling all the terrible things that they did to each other and all the sh- the, how horrible they treated one another when Kristen was a teenager. And then it, it cuts to Mrs. Bell being talking about what it felt like when she first had her babies mm. and it's just it's really beautifully done and um and and jada pinkett's mom who's kind of starts out kind of all brash and bravado lots of joking about oh i didn't really know what i was doing and blah blah blah, and then ends up being about how proud she is and how well her kids have done and like it was very very sweet and then Catherine hart and her mom are like twins twins yeah <laughs> like 30 years apart twins yeah um and that was very sweet too and, and really similar personalities yeah too. it was really it was fun to it was funny to see where they like you can see that in the movie kind of but it's interesting to see with the real people like you can see them the reflection of the mothers and the kids like yeah. you can see where they get a lot of this not just their 
physical appearance, but like the the humor that Kristen Bell has, you can see in her mum. Um, the kind of that kind of you know big brash personality that Jada Pinkett Smith has, her mum yeah. has. It's really fun. And Catherine really Hahn and her mum and um, Christina Applegate was fun because her mum had clearly been quite permissive and quite. And Christina Applegate was a child actor, so like, and her mum would just kind of like, oh, I was probably a little bit too free with them, and tells these great stories about taking them to inappropriate movies and whatnot. <laughs> and but you can almost sort of see Al Pacino, yeah. <laughs> um, but you can almost sort of, see, and she says something like, oh yeah, she's so much more responsible than I ever was. But you can almost see that Christina Applegate is um, playing a certain type of character here. But I think you can sort of tell that she is actually the kind of person who's quite responsible, and yeah. that the kind of the grown up. Um, version of a person who had too much permissiveness when they were a kid, like the, the person who reacts against that and is quite, you know, um, has firm she boundaries was, and stuff in adulthood. She was really good in the movie too. Yes. She played that role really well. And I appreciated that they tried to turn that around a little at the end yeah. of the movie. I thought that was nice. I thought yeah. that um, her character was really well done. I also thought that – I actually think that the bad girl, the mean mums were interesting. Um, I thought that like – it could have been fun to spend more time with them because the structure of their little organization was interesting. Jada Pinkett Smith was clearly in love with Christina Applegate's character. Yeah, and criminally like underused in, in this movie. She I was criminally. Because she was also very funny with her expressions oh, and stuff. Yeah, and her drinking the tea. And, yes, yeah. she was great. And um, and Annie Mumolo was really like she was the Karen, so she has a lot of funny lines, um, a lot yeah. of really funny moments. And I thought that they kind of they did a good job. Um, in spite of the fact that it was really simplified. And I think both, I think that's the, the kind of best thing about this movie is that both of those groups of mums are so well done. Mm. Like the actresses are really seem to be having a good time and they seem to be getting along. And so both groups of mums are really, you kind of feel that connection and you kind of feel that humor and they're very funny together. Yeah. Um, the movie completely comes alive when they're together as opposed to, you know, when Mila Kunis is on her own, it just feels a little bit shiftier, like it's not working quite as well. Yeah. I think that's a problem partly with those work scenes and with the scenes with her husband and stuff like that. It just doesn't quite come across as, as real. Although that moment when she's talking to her son in the kitchen was the most real moment in the whole movie. Yeah. Like seriously, her going to her son, you're going to grow up to be entitled because we've been spoiling you, was amazing. Yeah. And to actually use all the words that were like – that were Entitled white boy, yeah. And it was really amazing. I mean, it was amazing to watch her do that. Mm -hmm. And it's your kids just kind of like, oh, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it is. It was. Do you know he's listened? Yes, exactly. And it was, that was, I think, the most kind of real moment in the whole movie. And when she comes in and she's hung over and she just goes like, no, you make your breakfast and walks out. Although that's the other thing. Like, there's no in between. There's no bit where she just kind of puts a bowl in front of them and goes, there's cereal, there's milk, there you go. Yeah. The real life is in between the two extremes that this movie presents. Right. Well, this is what I was trying to say at the start. Like, an abusive relationship is not that clear-cut abusive. Like, it, there's an, there's, it's not, it's not like that. And, and a childish husband is not that obviously childish. But it's kind of like they, they were using big broad brushes to tell the story. But yeah. And, and there's, there's either perfect mum. Or like total disaster, which mm. even then she wasn't she a total was never disaster. A total disaster. The kids were fed; they were at school on time. Um, you know, she was still bringing in money. Yeah, yeah. That was oh, she got fired. Well, she point. did get fired, but like, which was yeah. She also then immediately got rehired because yeah. they, they realized it was ridiculous. And they have that movie thing of like 
people get fired and, and people split up and there's no real money problems. Like she says at the beginning she needs to work because she needs to have a job because she needs to have money, which is completely normal and we completely understand it. But it never we never actually see them have to actually struggle with money, obviously. That was funny because I thought she was a single mum. Yeah, oh, it, I'm not – see, my theory is that the um, Jay Hernandez, the hot dad that she hooks up with, I think he thinks she's a single mum too. Because he's literally never seen the father and she's just doing everything. He didn't because they, again, they actually have dialogue where they talk to each other about it. Yeah. But I, I'm, I know that he doesn't. But it, to me, like when he said something about I've had a crush on you for years, I'm like, I wonder if he thought she was a single mom, like for a while. I wouldn't have surprised me. No. And it's, it's a funny thing because I think, I feel like almost the script underwent like changes or something. And she was a single mom at one point because it just doesn't, it feels like she was a single mom. For the whole thing. Like, it never felt like the husband. The husband never felt like part of the family at all. We don't see him with the kids apart from one time when he's taking yeah. them. Uh, maybe that actor was only available for, like, you know, a week and they had to mm. shoot all his scenes away from the kids or something. It just doesn't yeah. ever feel like he's no, it's at too, all it's a part too of the much. family. Like, it wouldn't have deteriorated to that point, I think. There would be other obvious signs that he's a bad dad and that he's childish and entitled and stuff, but it's kind of too – it's so over the top that it's almost hard to believe. And at the beginning of the movie, she's so nice and so, like, perfect all the time that you don't feel like she's a person. She's just kind of an automaton. Like that bit where um, Christina Applegate knocks on, the, knocks on the window and she spills coffee all over herself and then is immediately nice. I'm like, you're not a person at this point. Like, nobody who's had a day like this is going to be nice to this woman at this point. No. It just I know she gets to the breaking point at the end of the day, but even then she's not mean. She just says, I'm not, I don't have time for this PTA stuff anymore. I'm out. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, she is actually, I think what she really does is actually quite balanced. But the way the yeah. movie shows it, the movie shows it as though she's like starts drinking and partying all the time. But in fact, she's actually taken quite a balanced approach. The daughter stops taking Mandarin class. She stops doing PTA. But doesn't you know? stop. But doesn't leave the soccer team. No, right. Until that is, she's forced off it. Like it, again, yeah. it is just her making a more balanced approach to life. Oh, you yeah. don't need to take the Mandarin class if everybody's throwing up in it all the time because yeah. they're so stressed. Let's do some fun mum daughter things instead. Yeah. And you like soccer, so let's make sure you're on the team. Right. Exactly. Like it. Like she literally just takes a more balanced approach and then is punished for it but the movie actually seems to still say that she was right. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, we should probably wrap up. I feel like I was like – the thing is that I actually quite um, liked this movie. Yeah. And it, I, I think the problems with it frustrated me more because I I felt like there was a potential for a really good Mean Girls with um, adults kind of thing with it. And there was some truths in there, like that conversation we had in the car about my friend who whose husband couldn't be alone with her baby for like half an hour on his own. Right. Um. Like – that it, there was some real truth in there. I really wanted to like it, and I think it's. I'm really glad this movie is, has been made. I'm really glad it's out there. I'm really glad it's getting decent word of mouth. Yeah. Um. Well, so, I kind of still wish that people saw Ghostbusters. I mean, instead, well, yeah, I do, but I'm also, but I'm glad that there's a few movies to go and out I and think watch would, that are all about women's things, about aimed at women, about things that affect women's lives. Like, I think it would be nice if there were women in this movie who looked more like somebody like Melissa McCarthy or Leslie Jones. Well, that, that of, was what was interesting about Annie Momolo being like the only one of the main ones who's not like conventionally gorgeous. Well, Catherine Hahn, I think you could push to say she's not conventionally well, yes, gorgeous. Well, yes, maybe, yeah. But she's still very attractive. Like yeah. she's still, I mean, and she's really sexed up in this movie. Um, so yeah. she, but yeah, I none of them are like, none of the main ones. Because uh, Vicky mm. is probably the least like important of the main six characters. Yeah, that's right. 
I know um, she's the only one who's except like, except for maybe Jada Pinkett Smith, the only black woman. In yeah, yeah, exactly. Characters. Like they, they're it's very white and very thin. Yeah, and Mila Kunis is so pretty. Like, and wasn't when did Black Swan come out? She was the young ingenue like five years ago, right? I, I think that's like two thousand and eight. It's oh. like eight years ago. She was the young ingenue all of eight years she's ago, and now she's age. the mother of a t- of, of two. This is this is what ho- happens in Hollywood. That she, but she is our age, and like. Eight years ago, people our age were ingenues and and now lots of our friends are mothers, you know. I know, but it just it's such a major oh, turnaround. In, in, Holly, so in Hollywood you go for you you're like babe to mum in like three years. You you can be like a hot young babe at twenty five and playing the mother of teenagers at twenty eight. Yeah. It's Crazy. pretty yeah. Insane. And and at one point they um Christina Applegate comes down on her clothes and you're like, but she looks amazing. What I know she's wearing about? like really nice tailored suits to work and heels and her hair is always perfectly straightened and she's always got makeup on. No, the part- time when she's talking about it, she's wearing like a check shirt and, oh, right, yeah. like, and, and like skinny jeans. jeans and boots. And you're like, that outfit is still A, nicer than most of what I wear and B, probably like 10 times more expensive than mm. anything yeah. I would wear. I mean, you're talking, you're putting it down for this outfit. She still looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Plus that shirt was really cute. It had like pink and blue. Oh, yeah. No, it, really nice. I, I liked that outfit too. It was nice. You know, it just was so, so removed from anything that's in my life. And like this movie feels like people in LA wrote it about people who live in, in the suburbs. In middle America, but they've never actually visited middle America. I don't think they were. I think they were in like Chicago, I think. Which they, is the Midwest. And she lives in the... Chicago is the Midwest. That is middle America. I know, but it's a major... It is a big city. Yeah, yeah that's true. And she lives in the suburbs of there, but it, it just feels like something that people in LA wrote about people in the suburbs mm. rather than feeling real about the suburbs. Yeah. Like they all have this kind of nice house and yeah. and wear these very expensive clothes yeah. and stuff. And so, and this is why I struggle with trying to rate this movie because I genuinely had fun and I think it's probably worth three stars. Yeah. But... um. And that's what I think that's why I'm going to give it. But, yeah, I had some problems with it. I wanted to like it more, but I'm really, really glad it's there. Well, I think the writing was like two stars. The writing was like a maybe a two-star effort. Mm-hmm. Some of the lines they wrote were genuinely funny, but it just felt lazy and, and not yeah, well and there were some mean jokes in there as well. But I think the performances and the, the women in the movie kind of elevated it. They did, Although yeah. I, I actually think out of the six main main women in the movie – Mila Kunis kind of seemed to struggle the most with the stuff that, you know, although she she had to do more. So. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I am kind of glad to see her getting lead roles, though. But, yeah. Me too. I like Mila Kunis. I just think. But but she had such bad – she had such difficult material to work with as well. Mm. Like, yeah, she The did. movie's kind of trying to get her to an emotional place that I feel like that character would not be ready for. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are you giving it? Um, I'm going to give this movie – Two and a half stars. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Shall we you, wrap did up? Did you already say Yeah, I did. I'm three stars. Right. So, yeah. So, thank you for listening to Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you would like to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. And if you'd like to read Katie's review of Bad Mums or any of the other movies she watches, you can go to her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Forgot to mention, I also thought the soundtrack of this movie was boss. I really yeah, liked yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was good. They had Shut Up and Dance on there, which is like my favorite song right now, but it also had a lot of fun songs on it. Yeah. It was really great. Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was, it's a good one for like moms and kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
It is. It's good for like it, you know. They it's a all... kind of music that mums would listen. Mums of middle schoolers would listen to because their middle schoolers are you know listening to all their music and they won't let mum listen to old music anymore. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. I liked it. Okay. Um, Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.